Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. I'm Adam. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, thank you, Deborah, for asking me to share. It's hard to say no to you. It's hard to say no to anybody um, for a program request, but uh, how can I say no to Deborah? So thank you. Thank you for giving me the service opportunity. It's, it's in the middle of my workday, and I'm grateful that I was able to um, carve this space out. And uh, yeah, what a day. What a day. Life is, is just, uh, you know, you know, like I, I caught that my money that I was supposed to go for the 401k money or whatever it's called for 2020 was really assigned to 2021. I'm like, I caught this mistake. I'm like, Oh my God, there's, it's the, it was assigned to the wrong year. What's going to happen. And in my head, that's a really big deal. And in reality, it may not be anything because it just may not mean that much. They just may correct it. And it may be as simple as a data entry issue, or it may not. And it may be that I lost out on one year of retirement and none of it really matters, but it matters to me because I, uh, I, I want what I want and I feel things in a very, very big way, reflexively. So um, when something like that happens to me in program, I've learned how to um, sort of see it for what it is. And I really appreciate that just because I, and I learned this here, right? I learned that just because I think something um, or just because I feel something doesn't mean it's factual. And the intel is often fake news and sometimes overstated news and sometimes just plain out nonsense. And sometimes it may be accurate and it's just something that will pass and that there's always a solution. And that solution never, ever, ever, ever involves eating more than I should or that I've committed to. And that's, um, you know, that's me not following the format and going right to what it's like now. But the experience of that life hits me with an experience I don't want to have. I don't want to be told that, oh, you've already given your money for 2021 when I did it. Meaning the email that follows up, the problem solving that has to go into getting the person to send me the check to see that it said 2020 and then to give it back to the person and all that that goes into that, right? I don't experience that chill, right? I get, I get activated, I get all wound up. And so I go back to my young self, right? Who I started this disease way, way, way early on. And um, I mean, I, I, was, I found food as a medicine, as a way of feeling, not as a medicine, just as a way of feeling good. I caught that feel good way early on. And man, it is, I love food. I just love food. 
And I still love food. I mean, it's the best. I'm excited about food. I get to eat it. I'm so, I still get to eat dinner tonight. How lucky am I until it's over, right? And then I get to, you know, eat breakfast the next morning and then that's over. And each time it's over, it's kind of sad. And I get to deal with that sadness without eating more. What a blessing. So the guy who was five years old, you know, remembering finding food, right? I remember food. And I probably wanted a lot of experiences back then too, right? I wanted to be comfortable. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be smart. I wanted to be appreciated. I wanted to be attended to. I wanted a lot of things. And I had no idea. Um, I had no idea what to do with these wants, these appetites that I have for food and for other things. I had no idea. I was not awake to how, you know, they, they talk about the sort of the manual of life was never handed to me. I had no idea what was going on, except I want what I want, how I want it, and when I want it. And if I don't get the experience I want, I'm deeply disappointed, deeply scared, right? And, and very affected, very, very affected from not having the user experience that I want to have with the rules that I set forth. So, so a lot of my rules were very unfair, to, meaning, they, meaning there's no such thing as if I don't do the work, I don't deserve the rewards. I don't deserve the attention. I don't deserve the accolades. If I'm not willing to participate, I don't deserve the friendships if I don't put in the work, right? I, I, there's, there's not this, it wasn't a fair game I was playing, right? And sometimes even when I do do the work, it doesn't go the way I want it to go. Right. And sometimes I have no control over what other people do and what's happening in my life. So the things in my life that are supposed to be available to me, right? Like when I was five, um, when I was five, my, um, my brother, my brothers were born prematurely, right? I didn't order that on the menu. I didn't order that one of my brothers was so sick, right? A near death sick. I didn't order, I didn't order any of that on the menu. Right. And I did not want to have that experience. I did not, my kid self did not want to have the experience of, of the pain and suffering that was in the atmosphere I was in. Right. I just wanted to have the experience I wanted to have. So how do I deal with not getting the experience and the comfort that I want? So for me, right. My go-to early on was, just eat over everything, right? It works for everything. Just eat all the time. So set up my life and make sure. Now, I didn't know this was happening and I had no idea why it was happening. I just knew that whatever was going on, food had to be in the equation. It was really, really important that I had food. And when I say food, I mean like, and I share this, I don't want you to see the type of eating that I'm doing. I don't want, I mean, if you have to watch, watch because it's too important for me not to eat, but my eating is disturbing, right? My eating is, I don't want to see the footage. I don't want you to see the footage. And it's, um, it's, in, it's, it's insane, right? It's just full on gluttony. It's fast. It doesn't matter if I have all day to do it. I'm going to eat it as fast as I can. And that part of me, you know, was, was active at, at such an early age, I don't even remember not being that way. 
And um, so I said, that's the setup of my life. I got to make sure that I have enough room for food and I have enough room for life the way I want it. So I'm pretty crowded. That's a lot of work. I got to keep up the food and I got to keep up getting what I want the way I want it, having the experience I want to have. And man, that's a lot of work. And then I develop all these character defects to um, support this story, right? And I'm supporting the story of my character defects and um, they are just coloring it. I judge you, right? You looked at me the wrong way. It must be this. You mean this. I'm personalizing everything. I'm blaming everybody. And I certainly don't know the language of what's my part in it. So as life goes on, I get bigger, right? And my world gets smaller. I get into more fights. I do less work and I want all the rewards of life and I'm bitter and I'm grandiose at the same time. And on some level, I feel like I suck really bad. Like, I think I suck. I think I'm the worst. But the last thing I want you to know, or I want me to know is how bad I feel about me. So I just just sort of make up this whole story. It's all make-believe. Not all of it, but a lot of the story is make-believe. A lot of my grievances are based on make-believe. Me making believe, imagining how I'd feel better, right? My program, the program according to me is, if you like me, if you tell me I'm good-looking, smart, capable, right? If you give me opportunities, right? I'm going to feel good. So that's what feel good is about. That's what's going to feel. That's what's going to feel good. And I know with conviction, I know what's going to feel good. So that is the disease. And with that, right, comes a whole train wreck of relationships, failed opportunities, and, um, and terrible self-pity, right? And it's my story because that's the program. That's my version of steps. That's my step work. <laughs> That's my version of creating steps. That's the best I could come up with, right? Right. When I am busy trying to get exactly what I want the way I want it, I am utterly powerless over that. My life is unmanageable and I stuff my face beyond belief and I stuff my face no matter what, right? That's the, I'm powerless over that and that part of unmanageability. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard and I don't know what to do. I keep getting bigger. I keep getting bigger. I keep getting bigger. So to, I meet someone I'm working with, right? I'm in a, I'm in a helping profession. And I think, I think I know a little bit, I know nothing. Um, I come, I meet somebody and he says to me as a, as an instructor of mine, he says, I have an ethical obligation to tell you that you have a problem with food. And he said, I think you're a food addict. I said, what do you mean? I have to eat. He says, not like that. I'm like, the first moment of awakening, right? I had never heard anything like it, right? I believe that there are moments of awakening that happen before a program. Somebody, the, another moment was somebody said, why don't you just start brushing your teeth? Why don't you start by brushing your teeth? Could you do that? I said, yeah. And I did it. I took, I learned what commitment was before I got to program because I agreed I should really brush my teeth. I shouldn't just smoke, drink, eat, and just, I showered, but I shouldn't be this. I should at least brush my teeth. It was a good commitment. It was a good commitment that I knew about before I got here. So the road here, when that guy told me I'm a food addict, I said, that's crazy. I'm not an alcoholic. He said, you're that. And something in me opened up 
And then I said, he said, you can go to this spiritual program. I said, I want to do that. That's crazy. Right. So then I hurt more. And then I went to the spiritual program. And then I said, I don't go to groups. I give groups that bought me some more time saying why I'm different than you. I'm going to let you know why I'm different than you. And that bought me a few more years, right? Until I had such pain and I couldn't stop eating, even though I thought I would find the best cure. I thought I would write about the cure. I was always thinking about the cure one day I would find. And again, my, I get bigger, my world gets smaller. I get more resentful and I create more of a story why it's your fault and why I have nothing to do with it until such time. I'm no, I didn't get here because of righteousness. I didn't get here because I have a good park. I had a good report card. I got here because I was hurting. And um, I worked side by side with a couple people, one person in, 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 in 12 Step for Food, one person here in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I learned so much from them, right? The person who was in AA who had 30 years was my mom's age. And the guy in, in our program had, had, was my dad's age, like new parents, right? And the woman from, you know, the strict Italian woman, you know, she said, I told her, she said, what's wrong? I said, I can't stop eating. And she took me to a meeting and she shared, she raised, she raised her hand and she said, he wants to share. And she said, tell me, tell him what you told me, tell him what you told me. And I said, I can't stop eating. And there began this journey. And um, it was November 9th, 1998. I turned 30 on November 15th, 1998. That day, I... Um, I grabbed a piece of uh, tiramisu cake while I was abstaining <laughs> and six days in and I shoved it in my pocket and I ate it like I do. And I shoved it in, I ran to the bathroom, it was sticky all over my pants. And somebody had the decency here to tell me that's called being drunk with food. Cause so many of you were being so nice to me about it and saying like, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's all good. And somebody said, that's what's called being drunk here. And therein began my understanding. He said, Find somebody who you trust and do whatever they say. And there, there began on November 30th, I was willing to do that, 1998. I was willing to find somebody who I trust. And I say, whatever you say, I'm, not, I'm fired from food. Step one, I, I am willing to be fired. I have no, my narrative around food is as wacky as my narrative around life. And the beginning for me was I'm willing to surrender this food thing. I'm not willing to give up my ideas about life, but I am willing to give up my ideas about food and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I can't be, I can't handle this sickness of food anymore. And um, cause I felt it just was, it's terrible. I was over 300 pounds. I'm short and I was spilling. I was just spilling and miserable and uncomfortable and breaking furniture and just, it wasn't working. And um, somehow I was willing when this woman said, you know, you share. And when that guy told me, find somebody you trust and do whatever they say. Somehow I was willing to say, yes, I have no idea why that happened. It's grace. It really is step two. It's that sanity that starts to be restored. I believe that you guys had something that I didn't have. And it started to restore me, at least with food, not with life. Right. So I said, great. Somebody, I heard somebody say here in the beginning, do whatever you want, just abstain no matter what. I'm like, this is a great program. I just don't have to eat and I can do whatever I want, however I want. <laughs> and that didn't work, right? That didn't work. Somehow, miraculously, um, that beginning time was so wobbly and I was able to stay. And eventually, 
eventually learn the principles of the program. First, I thought I could teach the principles of the program. <laughs> I thought I should be the teacher of them. When you have a little weight loss here, they give you big platforms. So I got, I remember leading a 45 minute lead with no step experience. I had so much to say about how it works. Right. So I didn't know anything. I, I got to get fired from jobs. I got to get into such great conflict, right? I got to be out of control in the beginning, but I abstained no matter what. That I heard. And I was told either you're going to do the step work and do the work or you're going to go out. And that spoke to me. And I did the step work when I was desperate. And, you know, I learned a lot that step two piece about sanity. Two minutes left. Thank you. And um, I just want to say a day in the life now, right? Like I say it often, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hire me, the guy who walked in. I wouldn't uh, marry me. I wouldn't pick me as a father. I wouldn't pick me as a friend, uh, you know. And on all fronts, every front, right? It's such a different story than the guy who walked in. And it's such a testament to just being here over time. And I was, I was thinking like, what has really so much has changed, but there's a radical self-acceptance. I don't hate myself like I once did. I've got such stick. I would never order, you know, I got all these stories. I'm, there's big trouble coming. I've done something wrong. Like, you know, I can't believe that she's my wife. All the stories I tell myself of the burdens I have, they're all most, I told you, most of them are wacky. And I totally, um, I'm really in a place of self-acceptance of my own whack and um that's so freeing i'm not like bad i'm not bad it's not a bad or good situation i'm just a sick i'm really when they say we're sick people getting well that is so true for me we're gifted wellness right when we make when this word commitment means something and when i when i'm ready and i'm graced and i take on the commitment to change something happens right and file by file right the aspects of myself that just don't work start to um shed right with a turning over of like this way that we're doing business is the best way of doing life step three with the honesty and the examination with the humility that i'm not doing with true humility that this is not me with the cleaning up of my relationships and the ongoing daily meditation, daily writing, sponsoring of people. And I, I only, I really, I don't know where I heard this. I don't think I heard it anywhere, but I really work with hundred pounder men, like men who really know what it's like to be distorted and are willing Hi. to stay, um, put down the food. Cause then I'll finish with this. That just changed my whole life. That willingness to put down the food. That's the beginning uh, of the grace. So thanks for letting me share.